Hey, good day. WWWEAJ1023 listeners, this is Pastor Winston Trumpet with you again. Another week that we've been blessed. God has kept us. And uh, I'm excited. It's been a change in the season. We're heading now toward the uh, fall weather. I can feel it. <laughs> and uh, most of the time, like, I don't like really winter, um, but fall is pretty. I can't wait to take a ride on my bike. And uh, I really need my motorcycle and head up to um, the Pennsylvania um, mountains and do some uh, some sightseeing and just uh, take in the beautiful foliage as it changes it with its colors and its bright oranges, etc., etc. Um, also, in preparing this season, this season is a uh, one of my busier seasons for my for my coaching business, and uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with um, start ramping up or adjusting their um, their 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 sales machines for a good Christmas turnover because Christmas can make or break um, their bottom line for the year. And uh, this year, it's a new challenge because with uh, you know the COVID nineteen impact on uh, the population, on the customer base, and the uh, now the uh, different ways of delivery of services, etc. As a matter of fact, the uh, workshop that I usually do in October live, I'm preparing um, a Zoom-type uh, delivery or participation for uh for for this year which is totally different cuz I um, I lo- love my live workshops but um with that in preparing for that as we look at the A game as we know that the acronym for A game A standing by itself meaning primary number 1 top of the line um top of the list and uh the acronym game where the G stands for our goals the A stands for our actions the M for our mentality and E the excuses that we want to get out of the way so that we can move forward into excellence um in in what we do and and in preparing one of the major major areas um of concern when dealing with with businesses is being is exactly that being a christian and being a businessman and so i want to take a a a little of our time today and i want to talk about um one of the topics that's going to be in my workshop in october and the topic is biblically based business ethics biblically based business ethics because scriptures give us um guidelines on on the characters or the characteristics of Christ and when it comes to ethics there are some principles and I'm going to talk about five principles that I found in scripture there's probably going to be 10 of them by the time I finish the uh preparing for the training but I know that if we um concentrate on obeying them as as Christian business people we can transform our way of doing business and our testimony to the world around us one of the principles and and the principle number 1 is the principle of an honest weight which requires us to give fully and great quality, 100% for what the person is paying for. Um, the the uh, second topic or the sep- second point I want to talk about is that 
being totally honest with everyone, employer, coworkers, employees, and customers. And number three is our focus on being servants. We are servants and the interests of others must come first. Number four is that we must fully accept all responsibility for our actions, whether the outcome is positive or negative, and we're to seek um, neither unreasonable profits nor, as an employee, unreasonable wages. Ethics, when, when, when you look at it, um, there's, there's a couple of uh, dictionary definition, but when, as, as I look at it in, uh, from a perspective of a worldview, it means whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> um, nearly all businessmen would say they're ethical despite the varying degrees of integrity to be found amongst them. But a more precise definition of ethics is not enough to guide us into ethical behavior. Many companies have codes of ethics that outline accepted conduct and practice, but these codes don't ensure that the employees um, follow them or take the right actions just because of it. Just like the words of the Bible don't necessarily make a person do the right thing. Every ethical decision is ultimately a decision of the will. And, and we must know what is right and then do it. Anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins, according to James chapter 4 and 17. Ethics to the government is law. Ethics to the philosopher is a concept. Ethics to religion is morality. But ethics to God is obedience. And knowing what the Bible says is a first step in this obedience. Let's talk for a minute about um, this honest weight um, situation, which came um, out of Deuteronomy chapter 25, 13 to 16. God had commanded Israel this, do not have two differing weights in your bag, one heavy, one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, one large, one small. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does these things, anyone who deals dishonestly. Now, this concept of an honest weight found frequently in the Old Testament and in their business dealings using um, balance scales on which the proper weight of a product was determined by placing balancing weights on either side of the scale, the Israelites could cheat by using similar sized pieces that actually varied in weight. And it was just as if they were adding, you know, a little pressure to the scale with their thumb, but God detested and prohibited prohibited such deceitful dealing. So the principle behind the commandment, as I make, build a bridge between that and our now, um, against differing weights was giving the, the thought of giving of a full amount in exchange for a fair payment, um, which can be expanded to include giving full quality for what is paid for and according to what is advertised. Honesty extends to quality as well as amount. Honesty requires a Christian to sell not what the market will bear or even what the market demands if the product or service is of a questionable quality. A Christian business man or woman must accept responsibility for the quality of his product and establish a fair price for it. To represent a product of inferior quality as equal to one of proven higher quality is a dis honest weight. It's selling bootleg, y'all. And God detests that in 
our dealings in business and in relationships. But I'm going to focus on business. Now, deceptive advertising <laughs> um, kind of has become uh, a, a practice in, in the American culture. Uh, but more disturbing, Christians have been influenced by this practice and follow it out of a kind of a competitive self-defense. Christians must be willing to risk the loss of business to maintain a clear conscience. Let me say that again. A Christian must be willing to risk the loss of business to maintain a clear conscience. Although a reputation based on honesty and true quality will ultimately benefit a business, such a reputation takes time to build. And after building it, it takes the rest of the time to maintain it. And so the lore of short-term dishonest gain can be very tempting. I know I'm tempted by it regularly. Now, now look at the matter of an honest wage from another viewpoint though. If you're an employee, what does that have to do with you? What is an employee's responsibility to an employer in the business world? A Christian employee is bound by scripture to give a full day's work for a full day's pay. He is also obligated to do his work in a way that in which he is directed. In other words, to be obedient to the supervisor or the management or whatever for the responsibility you're given. So questions come up like, can a Christian in good conscience participate in a work slowdown or purposely degrade the quality of his work? And the scriptural answer is no. We are responsible to do our best and to be obedient to our employers. Circumstances may occur where the employer is truly unjust or dishonest. And in those cases, we have some legal and acceptable ways to voice our grievances and change the situation or quit the job and work somewhere else. Now, Paul said in uh, Colossians chapter 3 and 23, he said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. He said slaves were to obey their masters, not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. Ephesians 6 and 6. Being totally honest. Can we be totally honest without becoming overly burdened about the absolute truthfulness of every minor issue? What, what does this total honesty that I'm talking about mean? Now, James said, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man or mature, able to keep his whole body in check. Now, this statement has two thoughts of particular interest to me as I prepare this training. First, we cannot keep from sinning with the tongue. Even when we intend to speak the truth, we often slip and communicate what is considered uh, a half-truth or even a lie. I kind of don't do the half-truth thing. It's either truth or it's not. There's not halfway truth. I get it, but that's not um, a concept that I adhere to. The, the second thought is that if we guard and control our tongues, we can control the entire body. Think of the magnitude of this. What a motivation to guard our speech. This statement from James assures us that if we can control what we say, we can also control our thoughts, our motives, and our actions, our, our goals, our actions, and our mentalities working together. To, and to the best of our knowledge, we must always speak the truth. We have both the freedom and the authority to be entirely honest. Paul said, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Or as the Living Bible kind of paraphrases, it says, do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honest through and through. We must speak truthfully to everyone. And although we will sometimes fail, our intent must be to 
be totally honest with our employer, our coworkers, our employees, and if you're in business, our customers. An employee must be totally honest with his employer in the use of his time, in reporting what he has or has not accomplished, in stating his ability to do a task, in reporting business expenses, and so on. And likewise, an employer is obligated to be totally honest with his employees and subordinates. The Levitical law that we're not under does sell some things that we stood uh, basically still must do. The law states, do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another, do not defraud your neighbor or rob him, do not hold back the wages of a hired man overnight, to withhold wages, to deceive an employee about pay or job potential, or in any other way to defraud an employee is being untruthful. Honesty with customers is good business, but what about total honesty, especially with customers who don't know the real value or quality of a product they're inclined to buy? Especially now with services being more virtual where the customer actually doesn't see the product before they get it, a lot of that is going on where people are selling inferior items. Um, they arrive at the home, they're not what they say they are. And sometimes the customer doesn't find out until it's way past the warranty time or the time for return. So should, 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 you volunteer information scripturally you're compelled to do so even though you may lose a sale this of course forces us to evaluate our product in both quality and price and it's not wrong to produce and handle items of lower quality but advertising and sell them as a higher quality merchandise is deceptive and i'm going to kind of wrap up that idea and tell you where it plays a more major role even though i'm focusing on business right now now the, the other aspect that we have as Christian business people is to be a servant. An observer wrote in one Christian magazine that most Christian businessmen operate on the same basis as non-Christians. Profit, products, people, and principle in that order. Profit, products, people, and principle in that order. And we enjoy thinking of ourselves as God's servants, who would not want to be a servant of the king? But when it comes to serving people, we begin to question the consequences. We feel noble when serving God. We feel humbled when serving people, especially those who cannot repay our services. Yet Christ gave us this example. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. To be a servant of God, we must be a servant of people. This concept must undergird all that we do in business and work. Service is a key word in any business, but serving without the goal of a sale is quite another matter. We will experience God's blessings, however, if we put our customers' interests first and genuinely attempt to serve them. Along with that is to assume personal responsibility. We often try to shift responsibility for our questionable actions to the way others have acted in the past. Every company, like I said, has these ethical soft spots which have developed as standard practices over the years. But that does not excuse you and I as Christian employees or employers. We are all responsible for our own actions and decisions. A watchword for Christian business ethic must be personal responsibility. Personal responsibility, meaning taking 100% responsibility for everything that we do in our business world. There was a... Um, 
what magazine was it? There was there was a um, there was this okay there was a magazine um, article on the uh, old scandal from Watergate and former presidential aide Jeb Stuart Magruder said we had conned ourselves into thinking we weren't doing anything really wrong. And by the time we were doing things that were illegal, we had lost control. We had gone from poor ethical behavior into illegal activities without even realizing it. Now, every Christian is warned, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Um, it, it, it tells us to... Do not any longer, according to Romans chapter 12, um, to, to not be conformed any longer to the, to the ways of this world, but that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The New Living Translation says to be transformed by changing the way we think. In opposing practices that are unethical or dishonest, we may risk losing a job, we may risk losing a sale, but if the company is determined to follow questionable practices, we probably do not want to continue working for them. Our conscience will be quickly dulled if we constantly play to justify or, 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 or you know, dib and dab here and there in dishonest activity. Soon, we, our hearts become hardened and we're unable to differentiate or even feel the conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit when we are doing the wrong thing. Of these five guidelines that I've spoken about, accepting a reasonable profit may be the most difficult for me to describe, define, and to defend because consumers um, want to give the producer as little profit as possible, right? But businessmen know that the profit is vital for their survival. Also, some items need a larger profit to make up for less profitable or slow-moving items, which is a, a great part of the uh, business uh, model and marketing strategies that I talk about during the workshop. Um, coming up. Uh, so th the seller's definition of reasonable may be quite different from his customers. You see, many times there's a like a in businesses, a like 50% markup rule, meaning that in order for you to make sure that you do um, make a profit off of the sale, you should mark up that item at least 50%. So if you purchase it for $100, the sale price at a minimum should be $150, giving you back the $100 investment and giving you $50 above that for you to utilize that to uh, continue in business. Now, the guidelines that I was speaking about and the the way we, we look at what a reasonable profit is, we can't um, define here a reasonable profit rate that could apply to all situations. Each man or woman involved in business must seriously grapple with that issue in his or her circumstances. Certainly, the oft-quoted and seldom-applied golden rule gives the significant guidance. Do to others as you would have them do to you. What I'm, I'm talking about a situation where, like, okay, we know that um, those 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 cheap masks um, that that have been like now the you gotta have them um the price gouging those things um because of a a, a situation for economic gain 
is 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 totally not what we should be looking to doing um, in in a situation where because of a pandemic, um, certain items, whether it's the alcohol based products for sanitization, whether it's the mask for protection to prevent the spread of, of the coronavirus, um, whether it's it's the fear that people have. And so a, a value system where something that was not um, that profitable can now become very profitable because of the fear-based um, reaction to the situation. We need to not become a part of that because one of the things that we have to understand is that the seller needs to imagine himself on the purchasing end and ask if the price is just and fair in spite of the awesome opportunity to turn a quick profit but because of the um, situation that leads to people buying out of those um, mentalities. So reasonable profit and reasonable wages are inseparable. Are we willing to be satisfied with our wages or do we always want more no matter how much we get now? What a reasonable profit is to a businessman, so must a reasonable wage be to an employee. The words of John the Baptist to some soldiers apply also to employees today. Be content with your pay. A Christian's chief end is not self-profit. He acts differently. He can be content. Should we never ask for a raise? We may ask, but we must be satisfied with the wages that are just and fair return on the time and effort that we have invested. The employer also has a scriptural mandate to pay a just wage for the worker deserves his wages, according to Luke chapter 10 and 7. Is this not the balance of profit and wages, the sharing of profit with those who make it possible? So let me talk to you for a minute about the perspective that I'm coming from, kind of uh, finding this this mesh between the 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 cutthroat world of business and the 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 servant attitude mindset of the Christian. In business and work, other people's standards can tend to become ours, and this is where we must be careful. We hear so many arguments for accepted practice that we begin to believe them, even when we know that accepted practice is questionable. What makes, what, why, why make a fuss over little things that really don't matter? Well, for us, it do matters. After all, the company plans for some of these little losses, but Fortunately, we have guidelines for knowing what to do from God's perspective, and we can use these biblical principles every day in our own lives and our own work. Is it going to be hard? Yes. What, what it requires is us to be on our A-game in this area of our life all the time. We have to be constantly watchful over our thoughts and the actions that follow. One of the great things about this is the fringe benefits of living a life of integrity. And, and that's what the uh, this all boils down to, doesn't it? Our, our ethics and our moral values, when they are coming from a biblical perspective, lead us to be people who walk in integrity. And the role of integrity, integrity actually is a... Um, is a what's the word that I want to use? Is is a um it it's 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 the way you you determine, let me use that, is is the way you determine the strength of a thing. Um let's take for instance the integrity of wood. So you can have a wooden table which has an integrity um that can withstand, uh, let's say, 200 pounds, 
but you can take another piece of wood, the same piece of wood that is uh, thinner, that will only have an integrity to handle 50 pounds before it breaks because that's what happens when the integrity of steel is tested it is to find its breaking point and so putting that into in into the context that I'm speaking of now when we're dealing in the business world holding on to our values we must understand that we will reach these places where the strength of our Christian morals and values are going to be tested and at that testing place is where our integrity lies. Integrity is the practice of being honest and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical, for me, biblical principles and values. In ethics, integrity is regarded as the honesty and truthfulness or accuracy of one's actions. Now, uh, being a new creation with old <laughs> with 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 old man tendencies gives us this thing called the fight it is the battle um it is the battle in the mind between when it comes to decision making because um every unethical behavior or ethical behavior um comes from a decision made to take an action being aware of this process we need to guard our thoughts and to stop and think before we act about the consequences long-term. I'm not talking about the short game here. I'm talking about the long game. The long-term consequences, not only on the profitability of what we're about to do, but also on the, the conscience, the conscience, the, the wearing out of the conscience. I believe that Paul talking to Timothy, um, I might be wrong, but I'm going to say it, that, that Paul talking to Timothy um, told him that ab above all to make sure that he has a clear conscience because guilt and shame is a playground in our mind for the enemy to take a seat and start uh, conducting um, uh, practice sessions. In order for us to move through uh, this walk of life that we have and to be an example and a living testimony for Christ, the values that Christ has um, given us and, and died so that we can attain them, so that we can actually be holy because he is holy and be in God's presence, require us during the decision-making uh, process to take into consideration um, an old slogan. It used to be, a, I think, a t-shirt, <laughs> and I saw it on bracelets and everything, WWJD, just that thought. In this situation, what would Jesus do? That was a challenge back in the day when that was, uh, you know, the thing, WWJD, was to stop and think before you act. Ask yourself, in this situation, what would Jesus do? And then do that, regardless of what it was going to cost you. Because that is following Christ. That is being a follower of Christ. And I know that um, God has blessed a lot of us to have an entrepreneurial mind, 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 uh, mind, mindset. And uh, he wants us to do that as disciples and to make disciples. If we're going to have employees, our employees are our disciples and to make disciples. And that through the opportunity that he gave us, yes, for financial gain, but also to look for the great opportunity he has given us to be the servants 
servants of many. He says, if any one of you wants to be great, let him be the servant of all. And so we can serve in every aspect of business, whether you're in real estate, whether you're selling ices on a, on a cart on the boardwalk in, in Far Rockaway Beach. The integrity that you carry is the greatest testimony that you can have. You may be the only version of the Bible that the non-believer or the unbeliever gets to see and can determine from interacting with you their whole eternity. And I think that's pretty serious business. So with that in mind, I come to the conclusion there's there's so much more um, that I'm going to be, uh, you know, working um, with. And probably between now and then, um, as I do these A-game segments, I will be sharing with you what I'm coming up with for this uh, full day workshop in those areas of integrity business ethics, morals, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, I'm going to talk about profitability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I do wish that everyone listening now also be profitable. Thank you so much, Eddie. Shout out to you for this awesome opportunity and privilege that you give me to share my thoughts. I hope that it helps somebody to um, to to just have a different perspective. Not doesn't even necessarily have to change your mind, but just to give you a perspective or an alternative thought to um to to what success can and does mean to us as Christians. Amen. And with that, as I like to say, ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move. Be blessed intentionally. And thank you for spending time with me here today on The A-Game.